Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome, my friends. I am Vivian McPeak, and this is Hemp Present. If you have feedback or would like to suggest a guest or topic for Hemp Present, email me at hempresent at gmail.com. I greatly enjoy hearing from you, the listener. As the founder of Wandering Bud, Riley Brain wears many hats from product creation and business development to HR, customer service, branding, and beyond. Riley is also the brain behind Wandering Bud's often viral social media presence. Her fans range from cannabis connoisseurs and home decor aficionados to those simply curious or seeking aesthetic inspiration. I have her with me to tell us more about it. Welcome, Riley, to Hemp Present on Cannabis Radio. Thanks so much for having me. My pleasure. Um, I, I want to dive into your business and products, and I, I've checked out your products, and they're, they're really cool. They're, they're really unique. Um, but before we do that, you earned a bachelor's degree in music education from the University of Kansas. What was going on in 2016 that made you decide to leave your job as a teacher and enter the cannabis industry, not growing or selling the herb, but offering unique and fashionable cannabis smoking paraphernalia? Yeah, you know, teaching really served me. It was an important part of my story. Um, but I really knew something was missing from that career for me. Um, I was about five years into it and was just feeling like, you know, kind of boxed in um, to all the, you know, the scheduling and everything that teaching has to offer. Um, and I've always been quite entrepreneurial. I uh, actually started my own private flute teaching studio when I was 16 years old. And you oh, know, wow. I, didn't have, I didn't have the language for it when I was 16. But looking back, that was quite entrepreneurial of me. Um, to be, you know, taking my own students and creating my studio. So yeah, I was just kind of feeling the urge to, you know, go back to, um, you know, being able to like choose my own adventure um, with my career. So uh, yeah, I, I also had been really into art as a kid and I decided to pursue music in college instead. But again, about five years into teaching, I was, you know, feeling ready for something different. So um yeah, that's just kind of how how all that transitioned from from teaching to starting my own business. Wandering Bud produces and sells handmade ceramic smokeware, uh, including ceramic pipes, bongs, and accessories that you say pack the smoothest hits and are easy to clean. Why does ceramic pack the smoothest hits? And are there any other reasons why you pick ceramic over the usual wood, metal, or plastic that's more often used in the manufacture of cannabis smoking utensils? So the reason I started the business was really because I couldn't find a bong that could look naturally displayed among my art objects in my home. So for me, the opacity of a ceramic was really important. Um, you know, I don't know about anybody else, but I don't feel like staring at resin coated glass really um, matches my home aesthetic. So I wanted something opaque first and foremost. So, um, you know, I don't typically clean my pieces immediately after smoking. I usually clean them right before. So oftentimes they are sitting with a bit of resin on the inside in between uses. So I wanted that to be concealed. And ceramic was a material that I had worked with just a little bit when I was younger um, taking art classes. 
And it was something that I felt like I could tackle uh, through, you know, watching YouTube videos, taking some community ceramics classes, um, and just kind of trial and error. So I found a kiln uh, in a local town um, about 45 minutes away that was secondhand. It was $700. So I borrowed that money from my grandpa. It's the only money we've ever borrowed and um, went and bought the kiln, set it up in my basement because uh, typically still to this day, community ceramic studios will not allow people to fire pipes in their <laughs> community kilns. So if I wanted to do this thing, I really needed to have my own. Um, and yeah, I, I was able to uh, teach myself with the help of, um, you know, the Instagram community, which was, you know, super thriving in 2016. Um, and, and yeah, it worked out. I would imagine that uh, ceramic is, is both sustainable and environmentally friendly. Am I correct? Um, yes, yes. So we are able to recycle any clay uh, before it gets fired in the kiln. Um, so any any clay scraps we have, that kind of thing can be broken down and reincorporated into the slip that we use. Wow, that's way cool. Yeah. Um, you, you mentioned that your smoking implements and accessories can also fly under the radar because they can be displayed in the home as art decor. Uh, tell us more about that. Yeah, so um, funny anecdote, beginning of the pandemic, I got several messages from customers saying that their uh, Billy Bubbler that we make was in their Zoom camera on work calls uh, when everything was, you know, remote <laughs> through Zoom. Um, but, you know, nobody knew what it was. And of course, if that had been a traditional beaker style glass bong, that would have been pretty obvious. But um, uh, yeah, they definitely fly under the radar. So you can, you can have your great grandmother over and not have to rearrange uh, everything on your table, right? Absolutely. But also at the same time, uh, I think that that does, the, the design does inherently open the door for conversation with grandmothers and people who might be, might have a little bit more old fashioned ideas um, about smoking cannabis. So, you know, they might point out an object that is interestingly shaped, but not necessarily traditionally shaped. Right. And that can, you know, yeah, open that door to spark conversation. And maybe that family member or friend who's kind of closed-minded might learn something. That ice bong could be an icebreaker. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. You, you, you have a team of seven women artists who design your specialized selection of merchandise as part of your commitment to building, quote, an equitable community in your cannabis business. What, what other steps do you take su to support equity and why is that important to you? Yeah, so I'm sure your audience knows that black and brown people have been disproportionately harmed by the war on drugs. And so we are definitely committed to hiring to our team, um, black and brown people whenever we can, collaborating with artists from those communities, um, contracting with other um, workers. Um, and then we also donate to two different organizations every month. One is local, it's called Kansas City GIFT. Um, GIFT stands for Generating Income for Tomorrow. And it's an organization that uh, provides grants to Black-owned businesses on Kansas City's east side, um, which I'll get back to in just a minute. But our, the second organization we donate to is Broccoli Magazine's Florit Coalition. And those donations are um, sent to a different organization each month, all with the idea that they're going to um, equity-oriented organizations. Um, but I think uniquely for us, I don't know if you or um, any, any of your listeners are familiar with Kansas City geography. Um, we are based in Kansas City, and um, our studio is on a street called Troost 
Avenue, Avenue, um, Trust is spelled T-R-O-O-S-T if anybody wants to do a little research after. Um, but basically this street uh, is a historic racial dividing line in our city. And uh, back in the 1920s, there was this big real estate developer in Kansas City and through, he used redlining practices to basically force black folks east of Troost. And that is still the case today in Kansas City. We are a hyper segregated city with, you know, if you look at a census data map, black people are predominantly on the east side of Troost, white people are predominantly on the west side of Troost. It's a very stark looking map. Um, and yeah, because our studio sits directly on Troost, we have a Troost Avenue address. It is a reminder every single day that we're working um, that people just literally on the other side of the street are the ones who are most harmed by the war on drugs. So yeah. I think it's just, it's a constant reminder for us, um, very present that the neighborhood that we are in um, is one that we really need to focus on giving back to. Riley, you are so correct that anybody who's been a regular listener to my show does know about the disproportional targeting and profiling and incarceration of, of people of color and, and really other you know, marginalized communities. Um, and, uh, and, you know, that's just awesome that, 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 you know, you are taking that on in the way that you are. And that's kind of a great segue to my, my next question. Uh, the cannabis industry is disproportionately male. And as progressive as many of us might see ourselves, and while progress is really, you know, really being made, uh, there exists what has been described as the grass ceiling, an extension of the glass ceiling idea where women face unique and additional obstacles in business, especially in corporate business. What, what thoughts might you have on that as a woman entrepreneur? Canterpreneur? From a professional standpoint, um, I think that work, women working in weed, I think we're seeing the similar trends to um, other businesses outside of weed and that you know, a tiny percentage of VC goes to women-owned businesses. It's a whole cycle of, you know, men supporting men, men giving money to other men. So, you know, I think that's, that's definitely a huge challenge. However, I am quite optimistic. I don't know if you, you've probably heard about the drama at uh, MJ BizCon with, I don't even know who it was, but it was a group of men who were wearing t-shirts saying buy weed from rich white men. And it was spoofing uh, Jasmine Mann's buy weed from women merch. Um, and it was really kind of very gross to see, but the community really did push back on those men. And I think made the point that that is um, inappropriate and discriminatory. And I definitely love to see that. Yeah, well, the rich white men are killing our biosphere right now, so it's yeah nothing to really laugh at. I am, but but we're not killing. We're going to heal the biosphere, uh, and we're going to do that with people like Riley Brain from Wandering Bud. We're going to take a quick break and come back with our second segment, and and hear how we're going to do that. So don't go anywhere. Time to roll out for the people that let us hem present. Hang loose. We're coming right back. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. 
or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. We're back with Riley Brain from Wandering Bud. Um, Riley, where are your unique cannabis smoking pieces and accessories available? How can our listeners check out your product line? Wanderingbud.com is our website, and we are at Wandering Bud on all social platforms. But um, yeah, definitely check us out, wanderingbud.com. And we also have about 35 uh, brick and mortar retailers that carry our pieces, and you can find that information on a little store locator on our website as well. Nice. I'm curious about the name Wandering Bud. How did you come up with that? And, and what does that name mean to you? So I don't feel like I'm particularly great at naming things, um, which is why I have a, a really creative team that helps me out with that. Um, and that really started with a good friend of mine. I wanted to start the business in 2016. And um, yeah, this friend of mine, I think, is good at naming things. And so I went to her and asked for for her to kind of like bounce some ideas off of each other. And she kept coming back to the word bud, which I really loved, um, you know, the visual that that could could translate to in branding. And then I ended up adding the word wandering because I feel like cannabis is such a community oriented activity. And we are oftentimes, um, you know, wandering over to a friend's house and bringing weed with us or wandering over to a friend's house and they would have weed for us. Um, and so, yeah, that's just kind of how those, those two words came together. Can, can, can anybody in the, in, in the U.S., go on the website and order your products and get them delivered to their house? Yes, um, and internationally as well. We do ship worldwide. Oh, nice, nice. So it really is, it really is wandering. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> we live in the internet age uh, in a big way, kind of increasingly so, and you have a very large social media presence and you are known for your signature sense of humor, shading and educating internet trolls while also combating this emerging trend, this disturbing trend of online cannabis censorship. What can you tell us about all that? Oh man, that's a big can of worms. Um, yeah, so I think this kind of also goes back to my teaching. Um, if somebody is like spewing incorrect information in the comment section, I feel the need to educate. And so, yeah, I tried to do that with a sense of humor. Um, but I, I, yeah, I just like can't stand to let that incorrect information sit there. like. Somebody says, oh, ceramic must be so fragile, but they are usually saying it in, in a, you know, mean way, like trolls do. Um, then I'll post a drop test video. Uh, so, you know, I've, I've shown how our pieces can be dropped from, you know, even shoulder height onto our concrete parking lot, and they will oftentimes survive. So, um, yeah, I've had a lot of fun with that. Um, sorry, can you wait, repeat wait, the wait, second wait. I'm just kind of shocked. There's incorrect information in the comment section. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm totally I know. surprised. <laughs> right. Shocker. Yeah, well, you know, and and there is a problem with cannabis uh, content and cannabis businesses advertising on the internet, right? I mean, a lot of platforms are still treating cannabis. Uh, well, there's still, you know, basically there's a prohibition that takes place um, online. Is that correct? Yes, we have dealt with a lot of issues with cannabis censorship. Um, just last month, our Instagram account was shut down um, for the first time, actually. You know, we've had videos flagged in the past, but this is the first time we had an entire account ban. 
And, you know, I've spent the last uh, six and a half years growing that account to um, a six figure following. And, you know, it's not just the following that you lose. It's six years of essentially a portfolio that just goes away. Um, and so it's, it's really frustrating. Um, and it's not something that I necessarily enjoy doing because of course it's, it's more difficult to find your people and market to your customers when you can't use proper language. Uh, however, I just try to make the best of it. So I do try to, um, have some fun and, and make things humorous by using, um, different words. And, you know, I do feel like the social media algorithms are constantly picking up on these algo speak terms um, that that myself and other content creators use to evade censorship. Um, you know, like, for example, using the term uh, weed, like the French word, yes, so O-U-I-D, um, is definitely censored at this point. I feel like that was the first algo speak iteration. Um, so yeah, now I, I've, I've turned to using the word belongs to refer to bongs and I'll put the E and the L in parentheses and the people who know, understand the people who don't are probably not our customers anyway. Yeah. You know, you still can't say bong at a rec store here in, in, in Seattle. They'll ask oh, you really? Leave. They'll ask you to leave. Well, wow. I mean, some of them are not just not enforcing it, but that's the way it has been for a long time. Um, what, what, what kind of community response have you had where you live uh, in your community uh, to your business? So I started the business while I was still a teacher and I couldn't talk about it at all. Um, Teaching is a very conservative profession. Um, and so I was not public with the business until I left teaching in 2018. And I did my first um, public event at an art show in Kansas City in about it was September of 2018. And I was really nervous because at that time, we still uh, were not even medicinally legal in Missouri. We did just go rec legal um, about a month ago. Our, our dispensary is open for rec, which is very exciting. But in 2018, I, I really did not know what the reaction was going to be. And I was so pleasantly surprised that people were overwhelmingly positive about the business and so excited to see something uh, so creative in the cannabis industry coming out of um, our little Midwestern town. And how about your family? Have you, are you open with your family about, about what, I mean, obviously you run your own business and they must be proud of you that way. Um, but, but has there, how have you negotiated that? When I started the business, my family knew that I bought the kiln. They knew that I was, you know, just kind of playing with clay in my basement, but I didn't really talk to them about what exactly I was making until a family vacation about six months after I started the business. And it was a full family vacation. So it was my grandma, my three uncles, um, all of their children, my cousins. So this is probably 25 people on vacation. And I was in the car with my grandma and a couple other people. And my grandma just flat out asked me what I was making. And um, I wasn't gonna lie to her. So I just told her that I was making pipes and bongs and other cannabis accessories. And um, the car got quiet for a moment. And then my grandma said, oh, okay. Well, you'll have to tell me more about that. So nice. yeah, she's, she's wonderful. She will be 91 years old in about a month. And she um, is a very open-minded uh, woman. She is quite liberal, um, despite growing up in a very conservative, very um, religious 
household. She has um, educated herself and grown a lot as a person. And so I think she really sets the tone for the rest of my family um, being the same way. So everyone has been, everyone in my family has been quite supportive of all of this. And I think they're all, they're all surprised because none of them are business owners or entrepreneurs. They're all mostly teachers. So seeing, seeing me kind of stray from the pack in that way has been, um, yeah, interesting for them. And you're kind of teaching them in the process. I guess so. Definitely teaching myself a lot. <laughs> you know, it just, it, I don't know, it just seems to me like things are really changing uh, after, you know, decades, well, a century really of, of prohibition and prohibition disinformation and stuff. Um, and and it, I, I think just by doing what you're doing and presenting the kind of products you are, it, it's, it's part of the process of normalization. Do you agree? Oh, completely. Yeah. Yeah. I think having tools that we are not ashamed of is definitely a first step in um, not being ashamed to consume cannabis. Um, I am speaking to Riley Brain and uh, from Wandering Bud, and we're going to take another break and come back with our final segment, so don't go anywhere. Time to roll out for the people that let us have present. Hang loose. We're coming right back. All right, it's the final segment. The final segment with Riley Brain from Wandering Bud. Um, you know, we in the last uh, segment, we we're kind of talking about, you know, putting the kind of products that you're putting out and even, you know, the, the fashionable home decor aspect of them is kind of part of the normalization of, of cannabis, which is, you know, happening in many ways. And, and in my mind, I think just by, by having a cannabis business, um, it, it kind of takes things to the next level. You know, I was the executive director of Seattle Hemp Fest for 28 years, the largest uh, reform rally in the world uh, for about a decade with 100,000 people coming to our event here in Seattle um, until the pandemic kind of took us out. Um, um, but I was, you know, activists, community activists, street level activists, shoe leather activists can only do so much. And in my mind, the next level is the economic activism uh, that's being done by entrepreneurs with cannabis businesses. You know, it kind of takes it to the next level. Um, and I, I feel like us community activists kind of spiked the ball uh, for the opportunity for people to have you know, mainstream businesses uh, operating uh, out of brick and mortar stores and manufacturing facilities and stuff. Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, um, as far as economic activism goes, um, you know, I think that we are seeing, or at least I hope we're starting to see the end of these fast business models. Um, and I certainly hope that we're contributing to that by educating through our social media platforms about slow manufacturing and quality over quantity, um, you know, anyone who goes to our website will notice that our, our pieces are not inexpensive. They are more investment pieces. Um, but we also share a ton about how they are made and the the artists behind um, these pieces and who who's making them. And I think that is um, really important. And I oftentimes hear that people who are purchasing our pieces have saved up for, you know, whatever amount of time. And I think that really makes when you have to save up for something, I think it makes you value that item more um, than when, you know, something is essentially disposable. You know, I have heard in the past about people who would purchase uh, really, really inexpensive glass um, and basically would never clean it. They would just use it until it's, you know, gross and clogged, throw it away and rinse and repeat. So um, I'm definitely here for the slow business models and that quality over quantity. 
can you just, just describe for somebody who's watching that hasn't gone to your website uh, visually what makes your uh, products look different from a traditional bong or, or pipe? So something, I'll, I'll take our Billy Bubbler as an example. Um, I designed Billy in 2019 and I Functionally, I wanted to make a, a bong or a bubbler because I personally prefer smoking out of water pipes. I think that water filtration really takes, you know, the harshness out of that hit. Uh, however, I really disliked the protruding bowl or slide on pretty much every uh, water pipe that I've seen. So I wanted to make something that had a recessed bowl, more like a pipe, um, but still had that water filtration. And so I got to work sketching um, different shapes that I thought could, you know, be ergonomic, fit in the hand nicely, and still um, incorporate water and have a recessed bowl. Um, and I think that is definitely something that sets our pieces apart is you look at them and I don't think anybody would assume that it is a smoking device. Um, everything is meant to look really discreet and um, I don't want the function, the functional aspect to take away from the design, um, but our pieces are still highly functional. My favorite pieces to use, and I oftentimes hear that from customers as well. So um, yeah, I think that they really are designed to be pieces of art in tandem with their function. We have a little under two minutes left uh, to, to talk. Um, what what five-year goals do you have for Wandering Bud? Where would you like to see your business in say five or 10 years from now? We are making some big changes this year. We just expanded um, this, the footprint of the studio. We doubled our size. And I think that that allows for some exciting opportunities and some dreams to come true, hopefully. So I would love to get into some, get into some larger um, national retailers. And, you know, dispensaries are great. But um, I think one of the best things for our brand and for the cannabis industry will be to get Wandering Bud and get brands like ours into um, non-cannabis stores as well um, to make it a little bit more mainstream um, for the same reasons that I feel like um, cannabis shouldn't require its own social media platform. I think the more that we stay mainstream uh, with other products and are able to you know, shop for a pipe in the same store as we shop for a mug or a vase or you know, all these different things, um, the more we're going to break down that stigma. Well, that's, that's a great place to leave it. Riley Brain found at wanderingbud.com. It's been such a delight talking to you. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. And that concludes this installment of Hampers in on Cannabis Radio. When it comes to prohibition, you've got the right not to remain silent. Activism requires a voice. So find your voice, speak up for justice because resistance is fertile. The Hamperton intro music is Seven Mile Beach from Joanne Rand, and the outro music is Take Back the Plant by Stickerbush. See you next week. Stay strong. Marijuana!
opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.